0: morning, welcome to our morning service, if you want to take your seats. And welcome to those people who are online joining us. As we come to a time of worship now, let us just pray. Almighty, merciful, loving Father, we welcome you here with us today. We thank you that we can join with millions of other people around the world to worship you and to bring praise to you. We thank you for bringing us here safely through yet another week with its many blessings and challenges. We thank you that you are a God of comfort and healing, a God who cares about every detail of our life, a God who loves us unconditionally and sent his son to this world to die for us, for our sins so that we can have a relationship with you. Often we don't thank you enough. Please help us this morning for your songs and readings, for the message and communion to draw close to you and get to know you more. We pray for those of our congregation who are not here this morning and for various events that may have happened in the week, for those who are sick, for those who are missing loved ones, Draw close to them and give them peace. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Yes, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are indeed our living hope. You left heaven and lived on this earth, teaching, ministering, praying, and died a sinner's death for us on the cross at Calvary. Even though you were perfect in every way, you chose to come we thank you that you rose from the dead conquering sin for us we praise you and thank you that you have broken every chain and that there is salvation freedom from sin in your name forgive us Lord for the things we've done said and thought that we shouldn't have forgive us please and help us to be more like you and not to do these things We thank you that you are forgiving, Lord. We thank you that whenever we turn to you, you are there and that you are interested in us in every aspect of our lives. Bless us, Lord, with your peace and with knowing you more. Good morning, everybody.
1: Lovely to see you all on this lovely winter morning, a bit chilly. But it's warm in here, isn't it? It's lovely, lovely warm atmosphere as well, Lord. And we do, um, and we do uh, thank the Lord that we're able to be here uh, together. And, of course, I will also welcome those of you who are watching on YouTube. And uh, we look forward to what's going to be happening in the rest of the service. David's going to be speaking to us, and we will be taking communion later on. So this afternoon uh, Prospects Church meeting down here uh, in the schoolroom at three o'clock. If anyone wants to know more about it, please speak to um, Mar- Marbus uh, and Malcolm or Philip. Uh, quite a few people here are involved in it, so uh, I'm sure you'd be very welcome to, to join them if you'd like to do that. Tomorrow morning at 9:30, prayer and meditation via Zoom. And on Tuesday the 23rd, we have the art play group from 10 until 11.30, and then from 1 o'clock until 2 in the afternoon. Uh, also on Tuesday evening, we have a trustee meeting down here at church at 7.30, so I would ask for your prayers at that time, please. We've got a lot of uh, things that we need to talk about and discuss, so please uh, be prayerful for us on that evening. And then on Thursday the the 25th, we have the lunch club down here at 12 o'clock. Please do drop in if you've got a free hour to spare. It's a lovely time of enjoying food and chatting. And we just ask for a donation of £2 to cover the cost of the food. On Sunday the 4th of February, after the service, we have our church, a church meeting down here uh, starting about 12 o'clock. Now, it would normally be just for church members. But on this occasion, we'd like to also invite non-members, those who support the church and who feel very much part of our church family because there's some things we need to talk about that affects the wider church as well as just the members. So anyone's very welcome to join us. Um, It'll all be explained a bit more clearly uh, when we start the meeting, but that is on Sunday the 4th of February after the morning service. And then on Tuesday the 13th of February, It's Shrove Tuesday, which has just come up a bit too quick for us, really. But we have managed to cobble something together, as they say. We're going to have a Lent supper, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to have an Italian theme to it. So, apparently, uh, Shrove Tuesday and the beginning of Lent is quite uh, a big thing in Italy. So, we thought we'd combine it. And instead of just having pancakes, which are a little bit difficult to provide for when there's quite a lot of us we're going to have pasta pizza and puddings i hope that's wet your appetite so and we're going to start at six o'clock uh, to give everybody time to to get here and not too late finish we are asking for a donation of three pounds uh, for adults and a pound for children just to cover the cost of the food and we are going to put a sheet up at the back next week for just to sign up, just to give us a rough idea of, for catering purposes. Um, so please invite family, friends, um, it, it'll be a good evening. We've, we've done these kind of things before. Jan's going to provide the entertainment. I'll leave that one with you. <laughs> So so lots of good stuff happening over the next few weeks, Um, the newsletters will be out very shortly and all this information will be in there, Um, website, Facebook page are also regularly updated but as I always say every week just pick up the phone if you need to talk to us about anything. A verse of scripture and a reflection kind of spoke to me a little bit this week. I can't remember what date it was. I only know it's Sunday because I'm standing up here. The days just kind of blend into one. But it was something that I read recently. And it's on, I got it from you Version. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it and maybe even use it. And they have what they call a daily refresh. It's really good. If you've got a phone, you can get it on your phone. And... Um, one, as I say, one day, one day this week, there was something that was on there that really kind of spoke to me, and it was based on Matthew 7, verse 7, which are the words of Jesus, "'Ask and you will receive, search and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you, and everyone who asks will receive, and everyone who seeks will find.'" And the door will be opened for everyone who knocks. And then the commentary that went after that was really, I I thought, really very encouraging. And it started by saying, everything begins with our relationship to God. Jesus made it possible for us to have a restored relationship with God because of what he did on the cross for us. We can talk with God, spend time in his presence, and ask him to help us because... As believers, we are called his sons and daughters. Because of our relationship with God, he listens to us. Much like a child talking to their parents, God wants us to speak to him. When we pray, we have the opportunity to tell God our needs, our concerns, and the desires of our hearts. Jesus tells us that if we seek a relationship with God, we will find it. God gives himself freely to all who seek him. God isn't hiding in heaven, hoping we'll someday find him. He's readily available to talk to, with us. This means that we should be persistent in our relationship with him. It's like human relationships, isn't it? Sometimes they need working out. And you need to meet up regularly. we I think this is an amazing statement. We have access to the creator of the world. Quite an amazing thought, I think, that. Everything comes from him and his life because of him. He has the ability to give us the things we need. However, while we can ask for whatever we want, it doesn't mean he will give us everything we ask for. Just like an earthly father won't give his child something harmful, God also won't give us something we don't need. You can find that in Matthew seven. Verse 10. We often don't ask God for things because we may feel guilty for doing so. But God actually desires us to go to him even with the smallest requests. Just a thought from me. Has anyone ever prayed when they've been trying to find a parking space? (laughs) Works, doesn't it, Tina? It does, (laughs) And that is a very small thing in the great scheme of things, isn't it? So, today, let's take some time to tell God honestly how we feel. Ask Him for the things we truly need in life. Let's continue each day building a relationship with Him through scripture and prayer. Thank you.
2: Well, good morning. Good to be with you all. Well we're continuing in this theme of uh, Jesus, the Son of, and uh, we find ourselves looking at Jesus this week being called the Son of David. We're about three weeks in now and uh, we're going to dive into this profound passage found in Mark chapter 5. So if you have your pew bibles or your own, uh, Mark chapter 5, page 840, sorry not chapter 5, chapter 12 even. Talking rubbish. March chapter twelve, this week. Five was weeks ago. March chapter twelve, uh, page eight four nine, in uh, pew Bibles. Your own, yeah, wherever that is. We're going to be looking at verse thirty five to thirty seven. So just uh, a few passages, but it presents us with this moment where Jesus is uh, identifies himself as the son of David. As I said, we've already looked back a few weeks where Rob introduced us uh, to Jesus, the Son of Man, last week. We looked at Jesus as the Son of the Most High. And I want to encourage you to go back and look at those uh, passages, but also those sermons as well, to have that deeper knowledge um, of of Christ and all what he does for us and all what he will do, uh, can do. Today, as we explore this uh, theological depth, if you like, this proclamation of what uh, is is found in this passage, let's open our hearts to Holy Spirit's guidance and seek that richer understanding of majesty and of, of Lord. Let's pray a moment. Heavenly Father, as we continue in this time with you, would you just open our ears, our eyes and our hearts to receive of you a fresh This morning, Holy Spirit, breathe afresh within us. Help us to understand, be our guide, our counsellor, provide us with wisdom so that what we're hearing, we're able to take on board and discern all of you, Jesus. In doing so, may it also glorify you this day. We ask this in your name and for your glory. Amen. So this passage that we find then, where Jesus... Uh, is speaking, and where he's being questioned, which isn't quite odd for him in these times, is it? And we pick up at verse 35, where it says, whose son is the Christ? It simply says this, and as Jesus had taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he, son? How is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And it goes on where he uh, talks about uh, bewaring of the scribes and, and all that's going on there. But we, we get this very short, unique passage of what Jesus is, is talking about. and We're going to delve into that. A bit this morning you know that when we look at this some of you may already know about the son of david it, tra- it traces the genealogy of christ maybe some of you have done that in your own family lives your own family tree chased uh, trace the lineage of where you come from um, your family trees and and how far back you go depends on what knowledge you have and where to start and where to look and of course there's many different places out there that can help with that julie and i have have, have done that before um, i looked into a little bit of mine i found that it goes back in history it's traced back through to norway um, and, and as far back as the viking period uh, and julie goes back to uh, sleepy hollow in new york uh, way back to the 1600s there and i'm sure most of you may have heard of the bbc series who do you think you are uh, where you get mainly celebrities on there of, of been selected if they've got a bit of a juicy background history of their family to uh, appear and to trace it back. And there's many historians and and various people that will help them do that. And there are surprises along the way if you've watched it. I mean, there's a few that I've watched over the times and there's one in particular that stands out is Danny Dyer, that right diamond geezer of the East End, is an actor. Uh, And he traced back a royal connection. His 22 times great-grandfather is Edward III, And it shocked him as as it did with uh, many people watching. Or the comedian Greg Davis, he's another one, descended directly from the first Prince of Wales, King Gwyneth of Wales, back in the 12th century. But I think along the line there's also other celebrities as well where maybe it's not so uh, royal or historic, but where they go back to murderers, thieves and (coughs) right-wrongers. But I think the biggest discovery that I saw was that of uh, the Olympic rower, Matthew Pinson. His lineage, as you watch it, it goes back to the Howard family through to the Duke of Norfolk to King Edward I as a direct descendant. And it's pretty impressive, he was saying, as it got back there. But the historian that was with him said it doesn't stop there actually we've been able to trace it much further back. And as he goes back in that royal line, Matthew is direct descendant, not only of uh, Henry III, but King John, who signed the uh, Magna Carta, to William the Conqueror. And then the historians say, that's really impressive, isn't it? But it doesn't stop there. We can go further back, because when we get to the kings, the true kings, we've got to take it further back and take all those into account. And it dates prehistory, history said, so we don't have the dates, but we're absolutely certain of your lineage to legitimate kings going back to Jesus, to King David, to Cain and Abel, to Adam and Eve, and of course to God. And if you've seen it, Matthew is kind of just bewildered and blown away by what he's hearing, and you see this great big scroll of the family tree laid out in front of him. And, and the historian turned around and said, so you are a direct descendant from God. And Matthew laughed and he said, aren't we all direct descendants from God? As he tried to get his head around that family tree. And of course, we know of family trees within scripture. You look in Matthew at the beginning in chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then it goes through that wonderful long list. And I guess you could be forgiven for missing the importance of lineage. But it is important that that person's family line in Jewish culture as this provided his or her standing of God's people and chosen people at that. Don't forget the timeline where all this is happening. When you look in particular in Matthew, you begin uh, by seeing that Jesus was the direct descendant of Abraham, the father of all the Jews and direct descendant of David which fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah's line. This is where Jesus is coming from. The facts are carefully preserved as one of the many proofs, the first proofs recorded to show that Jesus is the Messiah. For that we can have no doubt. I've said it many a times, often people struggle with Jesus as to who he is. And it mainly struggles around the resurrection. Because you cannot deny, as I've said many times, that the historical evidence of a man's name Jesus who came from Nazareth, who walked this earth and did what he did and was crucified upon the cross, it is quite clearly there. However, let's not miss the point here. We come to the Messiah's identity more than a son of David we must look into. See this reference to Jesus as the son of David affirms his human lineage lineage if you like connecting him to the promises made by God to David if you was to look into Samuel chapter 7 there God is saying that when your days are over and you rest uh, and you rest with your ancestors I will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood and I will establish his kingdom He is the one, it says, who will build a house for my name and I will establish his throne of his kingdom forever. However, Jesus is more than just that mere human title. He directs us to Psalm 110, where again, David, under the inspiration of Holy Spirit, declares the Messiah, not just as descendant, but as his Lord, This is where you find it in the Psalms. Psalm 110, it states in the divinity of Christ, Lord of David and Lord of all. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under my feet. That verse is quoted by Jesus himself as he unveils that divine authority and kingship of the Messiah. Again, we look at John chapter 1. Where, verses 1 to 3, you'll know these words quite well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. And isn't it remarkable that we've sung about that this morning in the songs, and, and prayed about that also? That he is the one from the beginning, was the word and is the word through him all things are made with him nothing was made that has been made and we're reminded as Jesus as the word as we say as it comes that he was with God in the beginning X, uh, emphasizes pre-existence and divine nature this is where the scribes were struggling this is where the people around him were struggling when he declared who he was not just this occurrence but the other occurrence that we've looked at and what we will come to look at and so it may be a challenge if you like to our human understanding especially if you come from a a questioning tradition jesus challenges that traditional understanding of the messiah merely as a political or military figure by simply asking how can the messiah be david's son and david's lord and so as you look further into that then you'll discover then in Matthew 28 verse 18 in particular that Jesus as the son of David and Lord of Lord asserts that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me he says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And that should help those that are in doubt to realise just exactly who he says he is. And that leads us, I guess then, to the humility of Christ, that the son of David and our saviour, though Jesus is Lord of all, he humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. And as servant of David, he embraced humanity to redeem us. Jesus, being fully God yet fully human, emphasises our weakness as the son of David. But he also understands our struggles. So where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? I think it informs us of several things if we look deeper into this. I think it reveals the Jesus' uh, messianic identity. In this passage that we looked at, Jesus is challenging the conventional understanding of who the Messiah is, which we just looked at earlier. It's more merely as the son of David. He quotes Psalm 110. He quotes other verses as well, not just to, to quote them and to look good, but to show that he is fulfilling these prophecies, that it wasn't just something written long ago and we can forget about, but actually he is the one that comes to fulfill it. He's highlighting the fact that the Messiah is not just the descendant of David, but is divine and holds that position in his identity and his authority. It shows the divinity of Jesus again by, again, quoting Psalm 110, Jesus is subtly alluding to his own divine nature. That is not only the Son of David in physical lineage, but also the Lord of David in that spiritual and diverse uniqueness as well. Can't miss this. It's there, it's clear, it's plain to see. And that challenges the limited understanding that some had about the Messiah being only of a human descendant. In that lineage, it's so much more than that. That's why they question, how can he be the son of David, but also Lord of David as well? That brings in that spiritual element and that authority as well. And so then there's that authority of Jesus, of course. Jesus' question challenges the religious leaders to think deeply about the identity, but also the authority of Jesus himself. And that is something that they struggled with. Because they believed that they were the authority. Book stops with them. However, they struggled with that. Because it emphasized that the Messiah, who is the Son of David, is more than that political or military leader, is that divine figure with ultimate authority. And in doing so, it brings about a lesson of humility for them. While ascertaining his divinity, Jesus doesn't negate his human lineage, far from it, because he is both the Son of David and the Lord of David, and that lesson holds a humility in the way that there's the coexistence of divine and human elements within Jesus' identity. So you can really see the struggle that they're having, and maybe still people today have that struggle. How can someone who is fully human... Or somebody fully divine as well. Where does that power and authority come from? If we can't see it or understand it. Or know of it. Or hear about it. Well we can. We can. We can simply come to know who Jesus is. For who he is. And for who he is for us also. That happens on an individual level. That happens on an individual basis. Wherever and whenever you may do that however long that may take. Because we then hear, as this passage concludes, the delight in the, cl- uh, in the crowd. The crowd listening to Jesus with delight, it says, indicates that the people found Jesus' teaching not only to be insightful and thought-provoking, but also that revelation that their hearts, ears, mind and eyes are opened as to who Jesus is. Just like the thief on the cross. Just like the blind beggar who calls out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And his eyes are opened and Jesus is revealed to him also. It gives that importance of seeking that deeper understanding of Scripture, being open and to resonate with our preconceptions, if you like. But more than that, I think that this passage here in Mark reveals quite a lot. It reflects the nature of Jesus as Son of David, of course, emphasising his divine authority and his divine nature, the need for, if you like, a nuanced understanding of who the Messiah is, especially in our day and age, to see where Jesus is coming from. But also it challenges us to go beyond superficial interpretations in recognising the depth of Christ's nature and of his mission he is who he says he is and he comes to do what he has said he has done and carries that out and holds that assurance that that promise that he will return and bring about restoration peace and order in a world of chaos i guess in context Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees, the Herodians and the Sadducees. Jesus turns the table on them by asking who they thought the Messiah was. You see, the, the Pharisees knew the Messiah would be a descendant of David, but didn't understand that it would be God himself. And I guess the most important we could ever ask, the most important question, sorry, we could ever ask is who do you believe Jesus to be for you? Who do you believe Jesus is for you? When we look at that, we can strip everything else away. We can throw away all of our theological questions because they're irrelevant until you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. There may be fresh revelation in that today. You may be sitting there thinking, I don't know Jesus at all. And yet, there's many ways to come and to understand who he is. The Pharisees expected only a human ruler to restore Israel greatness, as in the days of David and Solomon. The Pharisees and the Sadducees could not believe who Jesus was. They remained confused over his identity. And they saw him as an enemy and had to get rid <clears throat> But we can't sit on the fence and say that Jesus is just a good man, simply because the evidence points him just to be the Lord. Because both in Old and New Testaments, they proclaim the deity of the one who came to save and to reign. Jesus is the one, the only one, who has come and who will come again, who reigns and reigns supremely. He is the one that we can turn to. He is the one that will bring about all fresh revelation. Plans that he has for us. A way to prosper. A way to go forward. So as we take time, let's reflect on this passage. It invites us for a deeper understanding of who Jesus Christ is. It then also invites us to look deeper within ourselves as to who we truly believe Jesus Christ is to us. And with that, it's not just a historical figure or a promising leader, but to know that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And so my prayer simply today is that this fresh revelation will inspire you to worship wholeheartedly, Follow Jesus obediently and to share the good news confidently because our Saviour reigns not only now but forevermore as well. Let's pray. As the band come back up to prepare to sing our final song and before we come around this communion table, Lord, we just again look deep into our hearts For a fresh revelation of exactly who you are. Not for what we can get from you. Not for what we may may ask. But Lord, to see you who you truly are. And to know deep within our hearts that you are the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That you are truly Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That you came. That you showed a way. That you was led to the cross And there died. But through the power and authority of heavenly God, you was raised through the power of resurrection. Death could not hold you. The grave could not keep you. And as you burst forth, you rose to life again. Showing that death has been defeated once and for all. So yes, in a few weeks, we will be now looking and focusing on Lent and and, and that run-up to the celebration of your resurrection. But Lord, in this moment, here and now, would you speak deeply and profoundly into our hearts and again reveal with freshness and insight of who you truly are, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. In your name and for your glory. Amen. Just reflect upon those words again. (coughs) How great is our God? We can be questioned by that. Actually, how great is our God? To say that He is the name above all names, to say that He is clothed in majesty. to say that he is the one who came and who truly died and was again raised to life and now reigns forevermore as our Lord and Saviour. I hope you're able to look deep within your hearts and say, yes, I know Jesus as my Lord and as my Saviour. I know him, I trust him, I believe in Him for all that He has said He has done and all that He said that He will do, and for the transformation in my life that He has made. Look deep within your hearts and see that. And maybe if you don't see that, maybe if you don't truly know who Jesus is, as the one who has ransomed and restored and healed, then just simply come. Jesus, reveal yourself to these people. Ask yourself, Jesus, reveal yourself to me for who you are. Come into my life and bring about transformation because I want to know who you are for you. Not for what I can get, not for what I think you can do or will do. But I want to know you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Saviour. so as we reflect on that we're reminded of jesus doing what he said he would do that in that upper room on that night as they were celebrating passover he took the bread after supper and when he had given thanks he broke it saying that this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and likewise he also took the cup and said that this is the new covenant which is my blood poured out for you drink this in remembrance of me and we say that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup we do so proclaiming the Lord's death and resurrection and that he will come again And again, Jesus himself said that night that I will no longer drink of the vine of a cup until I can drink it anew with you in heaven. Let's pray. Glorious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be found around your table. For it is you that invites us and not us that invites you. Lord, you simply tell us to come. Just as we are. And so Lord, we thank you we can be found just as we are at your table. Hearts full of expectation, longing. Of that fresh revelation of you. As a reminder through these elements of what you have done for us. And what you will continue to do until you come again and restore all things and make all things new where there will be no more tears no more sadness no more suffering or pain for that Lord all we can simply say is come Lord Jesus come so Lord just as you instituted that new covenant in that upper room with your disciples may we too recall and recount with you of your body body and your blood sacrificed for the ultimate sacrifice that all can be counted free in and through the beautiful, wonderful name of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Amen. The elements of the bread and wine will come. Receive as it comes to you take the bread and eat it take a cup and retain it as a sign of our unity together if for whatever reason you don't want to or feel you can't just allow the elements to pass you by without any fear or embarrassment but come take eat and receive of the Lord Jesus Christ And so we come as a sign of our unity, bound by the blood and the love and the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us drink and remember of him. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in our continuation of worship to you, Lord, would you graciously, graciously hear our prayers this morning. As we continue, Lord, and we just bring about some of the things that we've mentioned already about the chaos and the state of this world. Lord, let fear not grip our hearts. Let the scaremongers be silenced. Let peace, your peace, prevail within our hearts and across your world that you created. Lord, as we prayed earlier, we pray, come, come and restore all, come and make brand new. Lord, we think of the many ongoing uh, escalations and conflicts around the world, particularly around the Middle East and South Pacific. Oh, Father God, we just pray that there would be a resilience that a dialogue would be able to continue and be strengthened and wisdom sought, your wisdom, Lord, that it would not escalate into violence and an all-out war. Oh, Father God, we just pray that those that would have ears to hear, that they would listen. That, Lord, you would speak through people powerful words that you would make world leaders sit up and listen and of course Lord we think closer to home within our own country within our own area and the struggles that people may face the chaos that we're seeing here Lord would you bring about wisdom and understanding Would you bring about your peace? Lord, for those within our congregation, our friends, our family, as we prayed earlier, those that are struggling for very many reasons, illnesses, the loss of loved ones, Lord, would you bring comfort to them? Would you bring healing in so many ways, in the ways that they need? Lord, we think of the days and the weeks ahead for those that will be struggling. Would you just allow them to rest in your embrace, in your very presence? May they be encountering you at all times, in all places. Lord, for those that need to make difficult decisions, would you afford them wisdom and understanding... Plans that would help them to go forward and not to hinder them or to set them back. And Lord, we look to the future and we seek and discern of your voice. May we hear that in and amongst the conversations. May we hear that still, small voice and know that you are our God. For Lord, through all these things, We offer ourselves wholly and completely that we may live and walk obediently in and according to your word. So Father God, this morning we simply say come. Continue to be with us. Lead us out from this and into the rest of the day and into the coming week. May we humbly walk and act justly and share of the Lord Jesus Christ with those that we may meet may we be comforted and assured in the knowledge that you go before us and that you also go with us for surely your goodness will follow us all the days of our lives so to you lord be glory and honour now and forevermore Amen. Amen. amen shall we just say the grace to one another May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Holy Spirit, the God of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, evermore. Amen. Go well and go (coughs) in peace. Thank you.